Welcome to the Utah Episcopalians, a podcast of the Diocese of Utah, where we look at our unique church in that unique land that we call Utah. And we look at a variety of subjects, and today we have one that I think is really fascinating. It goes along with social justice. It goes along with just talking to each other. And it goes along with a deeper understanding of who we are as we talk, and not only talk, you use the word we listen to. Our guest is the Reverend Charles Robinson of the um, St. Luke's Church in Park City. A beautiful church. Now, you've all seen it as you drive in. It's over there by the Blue Roof uh, service station. <laughs> and then if you go into Old Town and you take the way that you're not supposed to continue, and that's going up Park Avenue, and you'll see that beautiful church that's over a century old, clinging to the side with a red door, that's also St. Luke's, a beautiful, beautiful place. Thank you for being with us, and let's get right into talking about social justice, listening, and deeper understanding. Civic dialogue is another way we could describe it, something that St. Luke's is becoming famous for on bringing the community together. Why, all those years ago, did you decide we need to talk? Well, it's, it's, it's not a pretty story. Um, uh, I, I've, been in, I've been in the church since I was a teenager, and I've been in professional ministry, first through the Southern Baptist Church and then, and then the Episcopal Church and, uh, later. And in both churches, Baptist and Episcopal, I, I have experienced the same sort of painful phenomena, and that is that um, sometimes people are unable to listen to each other. They're unable to disagree in a way that is fruitful and productive. It turns toxic and destructive. And I was trying to count them up the other day. I think um, if you count the church split that occurred when I was uh, 16 in my home Baptist church, uh, I, I think I've been through or experienced in one way or another four church, authentic Hatfields and McCoy church splits in which people uh, simply stopped talking and listening to each other and started throwing stones. So those that series of experiences, plus my experience in coming to Park City in 2004, which was the year after, as you may recall, a, a certain event occurred in the Episcopal Church, yes. <laughs> the consecration of our first openly gay bishop. Mm-hmm. Um, I walked into a hornet's nest, and uh, and I walked in uh, with the kind of fantasy that I was going to be another St. Francis, and so we're going to get everybody to hold hands and talk to each other respectfully and, and come to consensus, and what I experienced was the full-blown culture war um, and, um, it, and the tribal expression of that culture war where people had broken into tribes and every other tribe was wrong or evil or some permutation on that theme. Uh, and uh, my tribe, well, it's the right one. It's the one that has the... So that plus just my basic personality, um, I, 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 I tend to be someone that that just sort of intuitively looks for a middle ground um, among people. It just sort of was a natural 
thing that um, this idea of getting people together who wouldn't normally uh, talk to each other in order to have civil conversation, that just became my passion. We're going to talk in a minute about um, one that's remarkable and topical coming up, and I'm going to have to ask you how that's going to work, but we're going to save it, and that is putting people who happen to be on one side of politics in this very divisive year, putting and talking and listening, not just talking, but listening to people on the other side. So that's right. kind of our teaser okay. for what's coming up in <laughs> the right. show, because that's going to be fascinating and painfully fascinating because we know it's at dinner tables. It's, yeah. uh, uh, we know holiday dinners, we'll be yes. talking about that. But I wanna go back a little bit on some of the subjects that you have covered um, and, and you now have the support of Greater Park City. You know, this has now become a, a magnet towards the uh, listening and talking and, and subjects, not just in Summit County and Park City, but uh, in, a, in a greater, wider sense. What are some of the topics that you have addressed and your, your advisory people and other that have now joined you? What are some of the interesting topics that you've addressed and what's happened once you've had these uh, discussions. Okay. Uh, well, I should probably introduce the project then. Um, a year after I got to uh, St. Luke's and experienced what I experienced, um, I initiated what is known as the Project for Deeper Understanding. Um, and it's a citizens group. Some, some of the planning team is from our members of St. Luke's. But most of the planning team comes from the larger Park City community. <clears throat> and um, so we get together every August uh, and we try to identify what are the most divisive issues going on either in the state of Utah or Park City or the nation. What are we, and we, we brainstorm a list of often a dozen or so sort of hot button topics and then we boil those down to two or three. You've been doing this 14 years, I understand. We started in 2005. Uh -huh. And, okay, so let's talk some of these topics that uh, I, I know some of them, you, you say, wow, I didn't realize people would even civilly talk about some of these things, and yet you've had them. What are some of the topics? Everything. I mean, we have, uh, we have dealt with uh, abortion, uh, immigration. Uh, we've dealt with, you know, what should be the role of government. Vis-a-vis uh, -vis the private sector uh, in making decisions about society, um, we have talked about tax policy. We have talked about um, 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 we've had numerous forums about immigration. That 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 puppy never seems to to really go away because we haven't really worked anything out nationally. What do we come out with <laughs> when the people have sat down and have talked? You've had your guest, and, and the I'm always interested in what goes on after yes. it's over. What are some of the discussions in the hallway that you hear on the way out after people have listened and talked that, that maybe either do your heart good or yes. you say we need more work? What are some of those? Well, thank you for asking that. I, I am, um, uh, first of all, I'm, I'm generally terrified going <laughs> into one of these public forums because we've really... Um, uh, invited people to come uh, from the community without really, you know, any controls over who's going to show up or say what. 
And I'm con constantly impressed and amazed at the people of Summit County that uh, the way they comport themselves. I mean, we don't we don't take on easy topics, and it would be easy for people to allow their emotions to run away, but but generally they don't. Generally, um, the conversations are very civil and, and thoughtful, and people maintain their composure. And generally, what what happens is um, Almost always, um, I hear comments about how people uh, heard something during the course of that two hours, and every project forum is two hours, an hour of panel discussion, and then an hour of audience Q&A. And almost always, people talk about how uh, they heard something they didn't expect, they gained an insight from a question that somebody asked, uh, you know, um, because they hadn't thought about it in quite that way. Um, I think it really does create a space, and that's the intention of it, uh, it creates a space where people can deepen their understanding of those who, are in a, who have a different perspective, right? Um, who, don't, who, who have a different background, who, uh, who come at whatever the topic may be, whether it be immigration or abortion or whatever, um, just the experience of being in the room and having people in a civil, respectful way ask and answer questions of each other, um, trying to figure out um, what wisdom calls to us in, with regard to a particular situation, that just the experience of being exposed to that seems to soften the hard edges. And, and that's the way I like to think about it. I don't think uh, a whole lot of people leave having been somehow converted, you know. Um, uh, uh, generally, I think people leave the room pretty much where they were before. What has changed is their perspective of the other side or, or the people that they disagree with. But what they've heard is thoughtful wisdom from those they didn't, who they didn't think had any thoughtful wisdom to offer, so now they're like, oh well, gee, there, you know, there, there's a, there's, I can learn by listening to people I don't agree with, and that just sort of softens the hard edges of these, of these divides. That's kind <coughs> of my next question, and you answered it partially, but I know that um, certainly in a, in a number of cases, there's no secret that the Episcopal Church and the Diocese of Utah has some positions in um, a number of subjects that are somewhat controversial, whether it's immigration, whether it's LBGTQ, uh, gender, other types sure. of equality. You have some views that I think we, we probably could guess tend to be a little more liberal, but this is not something where you want to convert people, right? You're not looking to convert people to believe as you believe or the Episcopal Church stands for. No, we're just trying to get people to listen to those who they would not normally engage in conversation. That seems so basic. It seems like <laughs> it's what human beings should do. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like how many times have you in a, in a discussion used the words, well, just listen to me, mm -hmm. and then that just escalates the screaming match, doesn't it? <laughs> and right. it, it seems so basic that we would do that and yet, we don't. Do you find that in that two hours, it starts out that way, 
then it kind of mellows? Or do you think people walk in and they go, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to try to be a Christian or not necessarily Christianity, but just somebody that listens, a humanitarian? Yeah, I think, I, th I think people walk into the room, you know, wherever they are, uh, in their thinking about a particular issue. And, and I, I really do believe that um, if you sit and listen um, and allow yourself to listen to um, the whole range of, uh, of perspectives that are represented in the, not only on the panel, uh, but also in the audience Q&A, if you, if you avail yourself of that with any kind of openness, you'll come away ex with the experience that, well, you know, maybe I don't have this completely figured out. I think you'll come away with, um, with a, a, a more re a respect for the complexity of issues, uh, a little bit more humility, that, you know, maybe I don't have everything figured out, and maybe a little bit more willingness to learn from those that you've traditionally thought didn't have anything to say to you. Do you feel the same as you as a moderator? You um, often, you're, you're a moderator often as a neutral moderator, but do you discover yourself that you say, wow, I, even in subjects that you thought you had a pretty strong opinion about that maybe you have uh, understood something you didn't earlier? Oh yeah, I mean all the time. We had an we had a um, a debate, uh, a, a public forum, not a debate. We had a public forum. This was five years ago on the topic of abortion, mm -hmm. and I I have to tell you that was one of the hardest I've ever we ever did. It was because the parent the level of paranoia, um, the level of mistrust between the two sides. It was very difficult to put a panel together that really was representational of the gamut. And in fact, I had to, um, we had to restructure things in order to help those who were, were in favor of um, a, a strict limit on abortion to even participate. They felt very unsafe. They felt like they were going to get beat up, whatever. Um, but anyway, in the course of that evening, as, as, I, as I listened to um, both sides talk about this issue, it, it really sort of pushed my moral thinking about it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very pro-choice, mm -hmm. but my respect for those who, are, who label themselves pro-life um, went up that evening. I mean, I, I, I had the sense from them that their position was coming from a deep place of conviction, you know, within themselves. That I couldn't just sort of let pejoratively write them off or, or um, comfort myself by putting them down. I mean, that, that became much more difficult for me after that, after that evening. And I, that happens a lot. Um, and that's part of listening, I would imagine. And now I have to get to the subject you have coming up, uh, the Red and Blue Better Angels Workshop. Right. And by Red and Blue, we no longer mean BYU and Utah. <laughs> no, no. Red and Blue <laughs> is going to be the colors that we will be bombarded with for the next year. And that is Democrat, Republican, 
and often put into Trump, anti-Trump, it's right. put into, there is no such thing as saying belief and belief. Right. It's now 100% here, 100% there. Right, right. And you are going to have, I understand, six, seven people from each side, and they're going to talk. Tell me what you hope to accomplish, or, and, and you talk about division. Have you ever seen anything so divided as what we are facing today politically? Um, I, you know, someone made a comment the other day that I think is really important. They were comparing the, where we are as a culture today with where we were during the Vietnam War. And the, I think they made a really important yeah. point that, that things were very divided in the 60s around the war, but uh, today it's around everything. Right? I would agree. I would yeah, agree. Yeah, that, that we've just developed competing cultures. Uh, and the two cultures um, um, tend to vilify e each other. Um, and it's, it's our, our democracy is not going to survive that. Either, I mean, this is my personal conviction, of course, that either we figure out a way to talk to each other and, and problem solve together, or, um, or are we're going to lose our democracy. It just, it just can't function without good, healthy, de respectful debate, disagreement, but then you roll up your sleeves and you legislate together. Um, How are you going to do this discussion? And when you bring up Vietnam, um, I'm one of those that is certainly old enough to remember that. And, and I can't imagine putting the t those two sides together and having anything but a fist fight. Right, right. And, and that was over once on a major subject. I'm not dismissing the importance of that. Yeah. But here, everything we're talking immigration we are talking abortion we're yeah. talking about name a subject <clears throat> and it's polarized that's right and it's polarized red and blue that's right and we're talking i mean no more reaching across even shaking hands that's right so how do you how do you hope to do this one i, I i'm wondering sir how are you going to do this one yeah gradually part i, I joined this a national organization called better angels and the term better angels comes from a speech by Abraham Lincoln in which he invites the country to appeal to the nature, uh, the, the better angels of its nature. Um, basically, what we go through training in order to conduct these red-blue workshops. Uh, the red-blue workshops are equally divided between people who are Republican-leaning slash conservative and Democratic-leaning slash liberal. And it, it is really, uh, although we don't talk about it in this way, it is really uh, three hours of structured active listening. So, for instance, uh, the first thing that we will do after we do our introductions um, and go through the guidelines, we, you know, it's so important just to begin with an agreement on, well, how are we going to comport ourselves during this next three hours? How are we going to handle ourselves? Um, because the problem is never the issue, it's always our emotions. Our, our, our own incapacity to deal with our own uh, emotional upheaval. And so you have to agree that going in, that you're going to be in control of your emotions. You're not going to let yourself lose control. And if you do, um, you, then you're going to be helped to get back in line. Uh, but the first exercise we do, 
just as an example, is that the two sides, the reds and the blues, will separate, and they'll go into uh, a space and spend about an hour identifying, uh, uh, answering three questions. One, what are the what are the stereotypes that the other side has of your side? In other words, what are the stereotypes that liberals have about conservatives? And they'll brainstorm about 10, 10 of those stereotypes. Well, I've never, all conservatives love war, and you know, and, and all conservatives, you know, hate poor people. And, you know, you have these stereotypes, right? And then you'll identify the top four, right? And then the next question is, okay, well, what might be a little bit true about that stereotype? How is it that people may get the impression that conservatives hate the poor, hate poor people? Even if it's not completely true, is there some little kernel of truth in it? So that you have to sort of self-critique, right? You have to sort of think about, well, how have I contributed to this stereotype? So both sides go through that process. You get everybody together, you report in, and then you then you spend a few minutes. What did you What did you hear that surprised you? What did you learn? Not you don't get to criticize the other side. You just get to talk about yeah. You just get to talk about what did you experience? What did you learn? What did you hear that surprised you? Okay. So you go through those kinds of exercises, and then at the end of it you get what we got in February with our first one, which was out of the, we had uh, seven, seven reds and eight blues at our February workshop. And 13 of those 15 people at the end of it said one of two things. They said, oh my God, I didn't realize we had so much in common. And the other was, oh my God, these are really, the, the people on the other side are as human as we are. <laughs> They're, they're fellow human beings just like us that are just trying to figure things out, right? And so, were any reds converted to blues or blues converted to red? No. What people came away with was a, with a, was a different way of seeing and experiencing people in the other tribe. And of course, um, a reminder, you're listening to the Reverend Charles Robinson, who is the rector of St. Luke's and a wonderful facilitator of a program that has just caught the eyes and the ears and the attention of so many people, and that is the program of deeper understanding that has been going on for a number of years and is just starting to surface, I think, in, in really people seeing it as we become more divided. Mm -hmm. And I wanna say now, you've talked about what the participants and what you as a moderator get out of this and what you do in training. Mm -hmm. Now what about the people in the audience and let's talk about the audience too. First of all, I know this is open to people from anywhere, right, to come right. in. Right. And what is it you <coughs> hope that the audience understands or what should the audience come to this prepared to do, prepared to understand? We know the participants, we know you. What about the audience? What do you hope they come out of and what do you hope they come in with? Well, it, it's the same objective. I mean, uh, what what we're trying what we're trying to do is just create a safe space that will allow people to listen to each other in a way they just don't normally listen. And that listening process almost always um, bears the fruit of a softening of disrespect 
and 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 a um, planting the seed of the possibility of future cooperation, continued communication. Um, almost everybody that goes through uh, a red blue workshop um, is open to continuing that process. They 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 it feels good. It, I, th I think there's something profoundly spiritual that is life-giving about experiencing the, the full humanity of someone that you weren't, you didn't recognize their humanity before, and the discovery of that humanity uh, feels like a gift, and you just want more of it. That leads us, to, of course, to the fact that you are a faith leader, and these are conducted in a faith building, mm -hmm. and so. We know how this fits in in a greater humanitarian purpose. How do you see it tying in with faith tradition, with um, our our tenets of the Episcopal Church and our tenets of the Diocese of Utah in social justice? How do you see that um, this is indeed an extension of what Jesus asked us to do? Well, if, if you look up uh, the Episcopal Catechism in the back of the prayer book, there's a mission statement for the church. <clears throat> and it goes something like this. Our mission is to restore all people to unity with God and each other in Christ. So the, this work of restoration, of reconciliation, of peacemaking, um, at least with respect to the Episcopal Church, you know, we've declared that to be at the core of our reason for being. And so I see what we're doing with the Project for Deeper Understanding and Better Angels and, and other, other uh, ways um, to be a an attempt to fulfill that mission, to make that mission operative uh, in our local situation. Will we learn more than just political ideals? Will we learn more than this is what you stand for, what stand there? In ourselves, we'll learn something deeper. Oh, that's right? where the real learning happens, right? Um, and, and both of the exercises that we do, and the second thing is, the second exercise is called the fishbowl. But in both of those exercises, um, after you've expressed what you think about universal health care or immigration or whatever the topic is, you, you, do, um, you, do, you engage in this process of self-critique. You ask yourself, well, okay, maybe, you know, what is it about my position that has, that's weak or that maybe doesn't work just right or um, that could Im be improved? You, you, you're forced to ask yourself that question, and then that makes it easier. Once you've done that little bit of self-critique, once you've, once you've recognized that you don't have all the answers to every question, then that, that helps you to open up to hear other, other perspectives. Sounds like it's a marvelous experience. Very cleansing, it almost sounds, and, and soul enriching. And again, um, I, the half hour went very quickly. Uh, and we can't debate, we can't argue about that. <laughs> and we don't, and this is not about arguing, it is not a debate, as we said. It's been a podcast, the Utah Apocopalians, the podcast of the Diocese of Utah, where once again we show in our unique land of Utah some of the things that the Episcopal Church here is doing. And thank you so much for being here. I'm Craig Worth of the Diocese. Thanks for listening.